to another exciting episode of Offered Insurance. I have received so many requests to have our guest today on the show, but she was already on my radar. One reason why is because I attend the Gamma Iota Sigma conference for the past three or four years, and a lot of the students that attend are actuary students. Well, it's no surprise that as a podcast backed by Professional Education Organization, otherwise known as the National Alliance for Insurance Education and Research, we make intentional efforts to connect some of our episodes to our high school and our college students enrolled in our educational programs. Ashley, what do you think about having high school level education? Do you think you would have taken an insurance education course when you were in high school? I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> I think I probably would have been, but being serious, I think I probably would have been slightly interested in it because I had no idea what insurance was or what people did, even though, you know, my family has an insurance agency. Yeah. But I think that that would have made me at least like if it was just an extracurricular to try to like go into it and see what was going on. Because I was in FBLA, the Future Business Leaders of America. So like I was interested oh, in, yeah. in business type courses. So I, I think I probably would have. But now knowing what I know at my age, I want to go back and make people get involved in the high school programs. Yeah. And my 13-year-old, she came home from school not too long ago. They're out for the summer, but she came home for school not too long ago. She's like, hey, one of my friends just said that she's got to write a report on insurance. I told her, please don't talk to my mom. <laughs> I was like, what? I want to know what teacher is doing this. I literally went up to the school with my business cards, handed it to the office, said, I want to know which teacher is talking about insurance right now. <laughs> oh, my I need gosh. to talk to them. And my daughter was like, oh, my God, I can't stand this. <laughs> Anyway, let's get to our guest waiting in the virtual wings. I am beyond excited to welcome Chelsea Adler to Awkward Insurance. She is a fellow of the Casualty Actuarial Society, working as an actuary at Root Inc., which I understand, Ashley, you can look out your window and see their building right now, right? Yeah, not to be super creepy, but I definitely can. <laughs> she, I think you noticed her building just from looking at her video when she logged on. You're like, hey, uh, do you live over here? She's like, uh, what? <laughs> Anyways, that is an insure tech startup based in Columbus, Ohio. Prior to joining Root in October of 2019, she spent not one, not two, not three, but five years working as an actuary for State Farm. And she specializes in evaluating risk and developing rating plans for personal auto and home insurance. So I am super interested in this conversation today. She's also passionate about changing the narrative around insurance and spreading awareness of the actuarial profession. Me too. To support aspiring actuaries and encourage them on their professional journey, she launched a blog at inspiringactuaries.com. Chelsea, welcome to Awkward Insurance. I am so happy to see your face right in front of me right now. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be joining you guys, and I'm honored that you asked me to come on. Absolutely. What inspired you or convinced you that a career in actuarial, what is it, actuarial sciences? Like, were you in high school and you were like, hey, that's a really big word and it sounds super fancy. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. So before I get to that, I'm actually going to back up just to what you guys were talking about. So classes in, in high school, would I ever have taken an insurance class? Funny enough, my dad is also an agent, an insurance agent. And I'm did a little bit of like helping in his office throughout my high school career. And I was convinced at that point in time that like insurance was the most boring thing in the world. There was no way I'd end up <laughs> doing a career in insurance. Said every high schooler ever. <laughs> yep. Yes. So it is a little ironic that this is where I ended up. 
but I'm super grateful that I took the path that I did. And so I originally heard of actuarial science in a stats class that I had my sophomore year of high school. Now, if you didn't already think I was a super big nerd, this will definitely convince you. (laughs) I took statistics and I was just enamored. I loved the subject so much to the point that I read every single word of the textbook. I asked my mom to buy me the textbook, which I still have to this day. (laughs) And it was in a literal footnote of this book that basically said, if you like statistics, you should consider a career as an actuary. That was when I first heard of an actuary, was in the stats class. And then fast forward a couple years to my senior year, my parents were really encouraging me to kind of figure out what I wanted to major in. And that kind of popped back up to the top as something that would be interesting and a rewarding career. And at that point, I was very fortunate that my dad was an agent because he then was able to take me over to State Farm's headquarters in Bloomington, Illinois, and let me job shadow an actuary for for a day just to kind of see what they do. And you would think that after a high schooler sits in a bunch of cubicles for hours and hours, they'd probably come out and be like, yeah, I don't know. But that sold it for me. Oh, my cubicles. Gosh. That's what every interim program needs is cubicles. Yes, <laughs> yes of course. <laughs> um, no, but everyone that I interacted with was just super friendly, um, very engaging, and just I could realistically see myself doing this career and um, it being an intellectually stimulating and just rewarding profession. And so pretty much at that point, I was sold. And I went to Ohio State and studied actuarial science. And then here I am today. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you your story is very common where if you have somebody that's in the insurance industry, like you absolutely do not want to go into insurance because that's exactly how it was for me. And yet yeah. here I am, whatever, 13 years later, and I'm still in insurance. So, and I love it. So I, I get that. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Root Insurance. <laughs> that is a story in itself. So. <laughs> We're here for storytelling. Let's hear it. <laughs> So as you mentioned, I started my career at State Farm, worked there for five years as as an actuary, and I genuinely thought I'd work there my whole career. Like I had no interest in leaving. I was very satisfied. I had a ton of opportunities. I was blessed with great leaders. Like I just, I loved it. Unfortunately, my husband, who is also an actuary, but in a different practice, he didn't love his experience as much as I did. And so he was the one who started looking for different opportunities. And um, after a few doors closed, we felt pretty compelled that Columbus was where the Lord was leading us. And we actually have some family in the area. So we just kind of felt like, okay, this has a lot of potential for us. So my husband goes through these interviews and he gets to the final stage. And I'm like, oh, shoot, (laughs) if he gets a job, like I should probably find one because This was pre-COVID, and there wasn't any opportunity for me to stay with State Farm if we were going to be moving. So I started doing some research, and frankly, I felt a ton of guilt leaving State Farm, just given how much, you know, my coworkers and my leaders had poured into me and invested in me, and just how positive my experience was there. So the idea of going to, like, a nationwide or some, like, major competitor of State Farms was, like, very much off the table for me. Like that just felt like the ultimate trader move. So I kind of was trying to look for something a little different and I stumbled upon Root and I was pretty impressed, I guess, just with like what I was able to find online in terms of what they were trying to do, 
their mission was, you know, as, as an insurance nerd, their mission really resonated with me. The more research I did, the more I felt compelled that if any company had a shot at making a dent in this industry and actually moving it more away from the archaic place that it's been for a long time, I thought Root had a really good shot at that. And I still genuinely believe that. And it's been the craziest, most insane ride I could have ever imagined, but I wouldn't trade any of it. It's been the most, you know, incredible growing journey. And funny enough, I actually, you know, I decided on Root. I applied. This was the only company I applied for. I was not interested in working anywhere else in Columbus. And Talk about spreading your risk. I know, right? <laughs> so I'm like, you know, dead set on Root. And then I get denied from the first position I applied for. <gasps> oh, no. No. So I was pretty devastated. I was like, that was my only shot. I don't know what to do. And I just got really lucky that the person in HR that I worked with was amazing. I reached back out to him and just kind of expressed that I was, you know, disappointed that this role didn't work out and said, I have a ton of value I think I can bring to the company. I really am passionate about your mission. Is there something else I can do? Truly did not expect to hear it back from him. But lo and behold, a couple weeks later, he reached back out and said that the chief actuary wanted to talk to me. And we chatted. He talked to me about like their vision and what they were looking and what they were eventually going to need in an actuary. And it was basically like he was reading off of my resume. <laughs> so oh, awesome. It was just like, yeah, are you interested? And I said, absolutely. So that is uh, how I ended up at Root. <laughs> oh, my God. Way to believe in yourself and really like go out on an extra limb to be like, yeah, I know you said no, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome story. And I'm so glad it all worked out, especially after your husband got the job and you're like, all right, well, I got to do something now. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> so husband's an actuary and you're the actuary. What's dinner conversation like? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a pretty strict no talking about work policy. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have a question. In learning about you, you talk a lot about changing the narrative around insurance and spreading awareness for the actuarial profession. Can you go into that a little bit? What do you mean by changing the narrative? What narrative are you changing or Ooh. attempting to change? <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much for asking this question. I, I really love this. And this is probably like one of the biggest driving forces behind what I do. So as I mentioned before, my dad is a State Farm agent. And I got to grow up witnessing the way that he just kind of went above and beyond the call of duty in that role to be there for the people in the community in just extremely tangible ways. And a couple of examples is like, when someone's house burnt down, my dad would literally grab my sister and I in the car and like go over to this policyholder's house and like check in on them and make sure they're okay. Um, after a windstorm, we went over to people's houses and like helped them take debris off their home. Like I just got to see the really, really personal side of insurance where it's not just like a financial transaction. Like I've seen the good that insurance can bring. And it really eats me up inside that so many people, when they think of insurance or when they have interactions with insurance, it's usually a negative. It's often when something bad has happened and then they don't have a positive experience getting things handled. And so I just got a glimpse at what it could be and how it could be viewed. And I, I want to do whatever I can to kind of change the way people see insurance from like a necessary evil to this 
product that was created for your good, to protect you, to enable you to pursue your dreams without having to worry. And I think we can even do more in this space, especially with telematics like capabilities and and so much more with technology to just be proactive with people and say, you know, we don't just want to talk to you when something bad has happened. We want to help you to live your life to the fullest every single day. I mean, I think I think I say this almost every podcast that we record at some point, it makes the connection of it takes a certain type of person to be in this industry. And if you don't truly believe in it, this is not the industry you get into to just collect a paycheck. Like this is the industry you get into. You have to have feelings. I mean, I'm the one that would drive when I was in our agency for 10 years, I would drive to when a house was burning down because it was my client. And I just, I knew I couldn't do anything. I, I was not a firefighter, but I could stand there and be there for them. Yeah. I love that. And I, I imagine there are so many more people out there like yourself and my father that are doing those things. And it's just, the world needs to see a little bit more of that. There's too much negativity. Like I, I think that there's so much good that is being done that we just need to shift the focus. <laughs> so let's work on a narrative here for a second. If I were 13, cause I have a 13 year old now and it's just impossible to believe that I have a teenager. It's <laughs> so weird. How would you explain the actuarial profession in terms of insurance to a 13 year old? So one of the ways I describe it is actuaries are kind of like fortune telling detectives. So I like that fortune telling (laughs) detectives. Yeah. So we're detectives in the sense that we have to, you know, dig into data, do lots of research. We're out and about trying to figure stuff out in the world. And then we take all that information and we try to predict what we think is going to happen in the future. So that's basically what an actuary does in a lot of different ways. What does that translate into in one day in the life of Chelsea Adler, (laughs) looking into home and auto things that go into actuarialing? Is that a word? (laughs) (laughs) So funny enough, I'm actually in a, what I would consider somewhat of a non-traditional actuarial role at current, but in my previous role where it was very much auto pricing actuarial specific, my day usually consisted of, you know, meeting with a lot of people across my team and across the business to assess essentially what we think the costs of insurance are going to be based on a number of different characteristics of either the individual, how they drive. And so as an actuary, one of the things that we do to be able to determine what people pay is we have to understand many different elements, but but one is trends, okay? So inflation is a very obvious one that we've been impacted by the insurance industry in the recent past, where if the cost of a good or a service increases generally over time, we need to predict how much is it going to increase because we're we're always pricing for something that we're going to pay in the future. And so we do a lot of analysis into the economy, the insurance industry, supply and demand. I mean, there's so many different elements that go into that. And so we have developed programs where we can kind of look at all this data on a screen, draw some lines, figure out where we think things are going. And that is just one of the many elements that goes into pricing, how much somebody pays for insurance. And then the other really big one at root, of course, is telematics or how people drive. And so we're constantly, you know, creating new models to assess 
how much more should somebody pay if, let's say, they drive around and constantly like run red lights and speed and partake in reckless behavior versus somebody who is abiding by the rules of the road? How much riskier is that? And what's fair to charge one person versus another? So that's high level what I would have done in my previous role as an actuary. <laughs> so I, I have a question and you I don't know if you can answer this or not, or maybe I'm not in the right like wavelength here. And you don't have to answer it specific to Root or State Farm. You can give me like a generalization. Do sure. you have an idea of what the ideal person and vehicle and age and gender are for, for driving? Like who the who t- who typically the safest type of person is? Because I'd be curious to know. So if you were to look at historical data that we have available, based on all of those different classifications you just mentioned, I'm sure you could identify that based on, you know, this specific data set, these characteristics are the lowest indicators of risk. But I think that's ultimately what we're trying to get away from at root. Like we want to say it doesn't matter what color your car is. It doesn't matter what your gender is or your age. The biggest, most influential predictor of whether you're going to get into a wreck or not is how you individually drive. And so it's really tough to be able to say like, oh, this is the riskiest car. And I mean, you could get at that data, but that data just tells you what happened in the past. It doesn't tell you necessarily what would be true of the future. Okay. Interesting. I agree with that because somebody that buys a really nice sports car that's supposed to go really fast might actually drive super slow as compared to somebody who just bought a car off the side of the road for $1,000 and they don't care whether it gets wrecked or not. (laughs) Well, and think about like if somebody gets into a major, major accident, you know, because maybe they were reckless and it was a scary situation for them, then maybe from now on they're going to drive safely. Yeah, every, every single person has a unique individual scenario. And you know, based on the way that we have priced historically and just the nature of statistics itself, generally you do have to group similar risks together to be able to have credibility for pricing. But again, with advances in technology and just the mass amount of data that we're able to get on individual behaviors, we're getting closer and closer to be able being able to come up with a price that's appropriate for each individual person. So I think that's really exciting. No, it definitely is. And coming up with rating and figures, whether it's auto or home or anything, do you ever come across any kind of bizarre claims that just kind of transformed like, oh my gosh, I re- I need to rethink what I just said about the pricing for this type of coverage or anything? There's nothing that immediately jumps off from that perspective. I have heard some pretty wacky stories from like our special investigative unit. This was actually one from back when I was- Give us some juicy details from SIU. We would (laughs) love to hear those. (laughs) We actually had, it was like, I don't know, a professional development day where we we had a few guest speakers come to like the whole actuarial department. And one of the guest speakers was from SIU. Every single person was on the edge of their seat. Like these stories are so wild and interesting. The one that I remember to this day that's just so wild to me, somebody had a claim- Uh, It was an auto claim for like water damage or something. And I don't recall what story they had tried to tell. Like maybe they said it got flooded in maybe a storm or something. Well, the special investigative unit folks go out and actually walk the neighborhood and start talking to people to gather some information. And I'll never forget the SIU person said the, the 
your best friends in this role are the elderly in the neighborhood who just literally sit around and watch everything. <laughs> so he befriends a neighbor who she then proceeds to spill the beans about, yeah, the other day that guy had a hose in his, like going through his sunroof into his car. He filled up the whole thing. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's like you. I'm guys, literally like, sitting here in shock right now. Yeah, what? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. My job is done. <laughs> Claim <It> denied. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, that's insane. I think we need a contact in SIU now. This would make for a really oh, fun podcast. <laughs> oh, I am sure you would get so many interesting stories. And there, there were others I just can't remember, but that was one that just that took the cake for me. <laughs> That's awesome. I have loved getting to hear your perspective of being an actuary and it's just the fresh voice of hearing, you know, what you've learned from your dad and what you hope to change in your own profession as you go through. Any final words, any like soapbox you just need to get on or somebody you've got to preach to to say, you know, this is where you need to go and this is what you need to do. Let's talk about changing that narrative if you need to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this actually just goes along with what we were both saying in, in just that I think a lot of people could look at me and the platform that I've started with Inspiring Actuaries and say like, ah, oh man, like that's so cool that you are so passionate about what you do and you just feel so affirmed in your career and you just got it all figured out. And, and that's not entirely true. I, I have very much enjoyed what I've been able to do so far, but I don't think that anyone has it all figured out. And I just want to encourage people like, it's okay to change. It's okay to try new things. In fact, it's a good thing. And, you know, perception's not always reality. I would just encourage people to talk to as many folks as they can to, you know, get a better understanding of what it's truly like for them, but also to get a taste for different careers and opportunities. There's it's just so many things that pop up, at least for me individually, that I'm like, you know, I'm not really like looking for something new right now, but I would love to have a conversation to just get a picture of what this could look like. Because even if it's not the right time now, it could be in the future. And to just know that it's a possibility is really powerful. And and that's, again, why I just want to advocate for the actuarial profession. Because one, I do think it's super rewarding. It's a fantastic option, but it's not the only option. The process of becoming an actuary teaches you so much and gives you skills that you can use in almost any industry and any role. So I think that's super empowering too, is like, even if you don't stay an actuary, you, you're not closing doors to any, anything else. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on Awkward Insurance with us today, Chelsea. I have truly had a pleasure getting to know you and learning a little bit, of, a little bit more about being an actuary. I hope you had a fun time with us today too. You guys, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Once this episode releases, I hope that you will drop all the questions and comments that you can on our Facebook page at Awkward Insurance and ask Chelsea what it's like to be an actuary. Thanks for now. Toodles. Thanks for hanging out and listening to another Awkward Insurance conversation. If you haven't already, be sure to join the Awkward Insurance Facebook community. We have an amazing group of people on there. And for more episodes, head over to the National Alliance website at scic.com. Now go forth and be awkward. Toodles. Mm, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs>